You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. Normally, we are doing positional profiles right now on each position. We're letting the dust clear a little bit with our free agency here uh, because uh, you know this is a this is a weird time in the, in the in the calendar, especially with everything going on. There's not much dust to clear as far as the Chiefs are concerned so far, uh, but there's plenty to talk about. There's a few moves that the Chiefs made here to help me talk about those moves. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, hello, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. A free agency is a fun, chaotic time for me. Just moved into a new house, so thankfully I have things to keep me busy while I just sit there and watch Twitter over and over again, seeing if the Chiefs are going to make any kind of real move. I don't love free agency. I hate the slow burn process, especially when you're a good football team like the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Woo! Chiefs you don't have the ability to or the need to make a bunch of first-day moves. It just makes it a little bit slower going. Normally, I would throw this over to our buddy Craig Stout right now, but he's actually on his way, I believe, to Houston to give Bill O'Brien a very stern respect your elders talking to for some of the moves he has made already. (laughs) I think we're going to lead this show with that. (laughs) A couple things real quick, though. Uh, if you like the if you like this channel, if you like what we're doing on here, slam that subscribe button. Uh, please feel free to leave a five star review. If you ask a question in your five star review, we try to get to those. Uh, also, you can get pre orders for the KC draft guide still open. Uh, it's going to be open obviously till April sixth, and that's the launch date. Uh, and while um, pre orders are being taken, you can get it for uh, for eight dollars and fifty four cents to celebrate Super Bowl fifty four. Uh, f- with promo code LIV, L-I-V. Go to gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020. Um, we are, we're ahead of schedule on that bad boy. Uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're really churning through and, and uh, can't wait for you guys to see it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Maddie, your transition was perfect before I had to get all that house cleaning stuff out of the way. Uh, but I felt I had to do all that too. I had to, I had to, I had to do that for the, you know, for the corporation or whatever. But uh, Bill O'Brien... Is the gift that Gibbs keeps on giving. Like, Houston did not get punished well enough for the, the trash can scandal. So, uh, they, they put a literal trash can in charge of the Houston Texans. And he is going to ruin poor Deshaun Watson's career. The only thing that they could get out of DeAndre Hopkins was a second round pick and the right to play in old, unathletic... Uh, injury-prone, expensive David Johnson, and they have to pay his full contract. That's not even the worst move that they... Well, that's the worst move they did, but that's not even the only bad move they made yesterday, Maddie. But this is just historically bad incompetence. It's like... It's like all the... It's like try. they're trying to do the Bill Belichick right now in, in Houston, and it's going to fail miserably because it's not Bill Belichick. 
I think the literal trash can would run the team better because they wouldn't have <laughs> traded DeAndre Hopkins. Like, do you think Bill O'Brien called? And they'd have picks. Even, they would have Bill, picks, Maddie. Bill O'Brien didn't even call anybody. Do you think he texted more than one team to ask what they wanted for <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins? Like, I think he might have sent an email out to Arizona, like entitled like to whom it may concern, not even a person, just <laughs> asking general, hey. Who wants DeAndre Hopkins? He's definitely for sale. Oh, wait, he not probably, even for sale. We're giving him away. We will actually take money. We will give you money if you take him from us. He probably led every conversation with anybody, any GM, like something like, hey, just so you know, I don't have a good relationship with Nuke Hopkins. I'm trying to get rid of him. What can you offer me? Best offer available. Please provide your best offer. Like he's probably just laying it all out on the on the table. And now, maybe I think we're be- being a little too we're being a little too harsh here because he did come back and sign Nuke's replacement in Randall Cobb <laughs> for like for like nine million dollars a year. Congratulations! I should have the contract in front of me, but yes, it was a very good amount to sign a uh, pseudo slot guy that's going to play Kiki Kuti's role, who was definitely not the worst part of your team. And they picked, they drafted Kiki Kuti. Okay, and here's here's the best part though. Um, Maddie, the Chiefs won the Emmanuel Ogba for Eric Murray trade, right? Well, I don't know. It seems like the Browns <laughs> might be getting a better compensatory pick back now. What is happening? Actually, technically, on a per year average, the Chiefs will still get better returns, but that's neither here nor there. Bill O'Brien gave Eric Murray the fifth safety the, that Jordan Jordan Lucas beat out. They gave him six and a half million dollars a year. Actually, it might even be a little bit more than that. It's closer to seven. Eric Murray, who could not make the Chiefs team as a backup special teamer. He's the new the Matt Chiefs Slater. Got- He's the special team star budding in Houston. Yeah, clearly. I just, I it's, it's so, it's, it's it's just it was very welcome. It was very welcome to see that chaos. It might be a government conspiracy to get all of our minds off of everything going on. Just Bill O'Brien's incompetence creating a lot more entertainment. All right, let's talk about some real things now. Oh no, that was <laughs> real. To- that was real. <laughs> um, da- Damian Wilson. Uh, one of the first moves the Chiefs made, the, one of the first moves that was announced, they picked up Damian Williams, which I think we all kind of expected. A little bit of surprising news. Damian Wilson's option was picked up. Uh, that means about $4.5 million on the books is staying on the books. The Chiefs really had an opportunity to kind of move on from him, save a little bit of cap space. And I think that's really the most important piece of this, Maddie. The most interesting piece is that they had an option, to, opportunity to save some cap space here on Damian Wilson, and they chose to keep him. So this is something that's going to be kind of a theme of all of our free agency talk. But for me, something I feel like I've learned the most kind of about football following the Chiefs so closely these last couple of years is it's more that what goes into contracts and building a roster is a lot more than the production on the field or the play on the field. Damian Wilson's play on the field is very easily replaceable. He's a good, good locker room guy, but his play on the field, his production is very replaceable. You could find anybody for much cheaper than him if you wanted to save cash. It's very logical to get rid of Damian Wilson. The problem is you look at the Chiefs locker room. Anytime you see pictures, interviews, videos from in there, there's very clearly a group of guys that are always around. It's your Frank Clarks, your Tyron Matthews, Anthony Hitchens. 
Damian Wilson is always there with these guys when there's media pictures, when the Chiefs are pushing out PR stuff. He's always there. There's a reason he's always there. They like him as a as the character. They like his leadership or what he brings to the team. I think this is an obvious move. They paid him to come in. He's likely sliding back to his initial with the role they paid him for, which was strong side linebacker. I thought this was a pretty obvious move. I was actually surprised so many people were surprised by this. I I was I think early on I was a little bit surprised by it honestly like it, when we were talking about this like two months ago I think you know I was kind of more on the pro cut Damien side um, but I do think there is some value into some of the you know the intangible stuff that they that they do have as part of this conversation but also I think the continuity I think having a little bit more continuity especially in a very uncertain time where you don't know how much time you're gonna have to prepare especially it sounds like OTAs probably aren't gonna happen. So all this stuff here in the offseason, it's it's going to be nice for this football team to have a little bit more continuity with their linebackers. Um, so I think that that <coughs> that I'm sorry, that's actually a valuable piece of this. Um, uh, one of the things that came out, there really hasn't been any major signings um, for the Chiefs, any external signings either. But one of the things that Adam Kaplan came out with today is that the Chiefs are looking around for a coverage backer, a coverage linebacker, Maddie, And I think that's really welcome news right now. I mean, the thought is very good. I love the thought of looking for a better weak side linebacker to play next to Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. The problem is it's gotten so deep into the process now that your best coverage linebackers, your Joe Schoberts, your Corey Littletons, even the step down, your Christian Kirksey's or anybody like that, they're already gone. Like you were left with role players left at this point in time at the linebacker position. Maybe you find a diamond in the rough. I know a guy that's kind of a lot of Chiefs fans are talking about, which makes sense if you look at Brett's Veach's draft history, Steve Spagnola's fits for linebackers, Nick Vigil. He has good coverage grades, I think, out of pro football focus, but he's still a rotational level player. He's a guy that fills a specific role. You don't want him on the field all the time because he's not that level of a player. So while the Chiefs may be looking for a better coverage linebacker, they kind of miss the ship because they haven't been able to go out and bid with anybody because they are technically right on the cap limit right now. Yeah. Um, They've they've lost some opportunities there for sure. There's some there's some good players that have that have gotten some you know not crazy big contracts that could wind up that could have slipped into to the will linebacker position. Um, one of the other things Kaplan said is if they don't address it in free agency, they'll probably address it into the draft, and that's definitely going to be something to monitor too. And there's some guys that make some sense, especially in the early rounds, in the first round really that would uh, that would be valuable there. Uh, one one move that the Chiefs did make, they have brought Chad Haney back. Uh, they went with Chad Henney over Matt Moore in the great backup quarterback de- debate of 2020. Maddie, did you did you predict you did you predict Chad Henney or did you pre- predict Matt Moore in your your article? I went with Chad Henney, and I get it why somebody would like Matt Moore. He came in, he played better than you probably have seen Chad Henney play in a long time. Matt Moore's ups are definitely better than Chad Henney's ups, and they probably have been more recently. But Chad Henney, to me, just seemed very instrumental in the growth of Patrick Mahomes. It seemed to me just the way they interacted, I think he offered a little bit more as a mentor to Patrick Mahomes than Matt Moore did. And I don't mean this in any way to take a shot at Matt Moore. I'm sure he was great in the whole process. Just Chad Henney, to me, seemed like he was closer in that role. So I suggested him as the guy that I would bring back. I think it was the right move because no matter what, 
if you lose Patrick Mahomes, you're scrambling, you're hoping you go 500 with Chad Henney or Matt Moore. So it doesn't really matter, I think, if you get which level of those performances you get. Yeah, I mean, if Mahomes goes down for any length of time, you're just... I think you're just waiting for draft picks. Um, and this is this is a complete joke, but I mean, you saw Patrick Mahomes get annoyed with Matt Moore on the sidelines of the Super Bowl, telling him there's still time and, and just to settle in and all that stuff. And 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 Patrick Mahomes was like, I know he got a little he got a little irritated. There's a there's a one of the quotes from Patrick Mahomes in the second in, in the post game show is that he got a little bit irritated and he had to go back to apologize to Matt Moore because of how he came off with him. I think that's funny. So that's very obviously the reason why this move has happened and Chad Henney is sticking around. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, one thing that happened on Monday that has really affected the Kansas City Chiefs is uh, DeForest Buckner, the defensive lineman from the San Francisco 49ers, last seen losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, they had enough time to r- run Wasp despite DeForest Buckner's best efforts. Maybe that's why he's out. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, and he got traded to the Indianapolis Colts by uh, for, for Chris Ballard made the move. He traded the 13th pick in the draft for DeForest Buckner and the contract is expected to be a $21 million per average contract. Wow. That is massive. And that changes the Chiefs situation, I think, drastically. Now, just hear me out. Um, there, I, First off, any other any team that might have been looking for a defensive tackle, I don't know if they would have traded with the Colts or not. If they see the Colts as a threat or not, maybe they would have traded with them. I don't know. But what has happened now is Chris Jones' demand for a contract has risen to $21 million probably plus now. That's just I, I, I any good agent is going to do that. He's going to continue to set that bar. Also, now the compensation for a defensive tackle, if you are to trade him, is pick 13. So it's the Chiefs are now in a spot where they're gonna have to pay him pay Chris Jones $21 million plus to keep him. And if they don't, and if they can't do that, and they trade him. Anything less than pick 13 is going to feel like awful 
and he's gonna it's gonna drive Chiefs fans nuts and people are gonna freak out and there's gonna be people in the streets raging and not following the quarantine rules because of this situation. I think it's an absolute nuclear bomb into the Chris Jones situation, Maddie. Yeah, and I think there's so many different parts here. So I mean I think you start first with like the DeForest Buckner trade. The 49ers, they probably did a lot of work on this throughout the whole offseason, but they signed Eric Armstead to a solid but nowhere near DeForest Buckner deal, so a much lower-level deal. They probably shopped him around to see what they could get for Eric Armstead. The return wasn't going to be near as much. The 49ers had a first-round pick. I don't think they picked again until the fifth round. They needed to recoup some draft picks, so they were trying to trade one of those two guys. You can't pay four defensive linemen, but they're going to have to pay given their huge investment in Bosa, in Ford, in Buckner, in Armstead. So they had to move someone. They found a team that wanted to force Buckner, which was the Colts. Then all craziness broke loose here. Chris Ballard and the Colts decided to completely reset the trade market for defensive players for pass rushers. DeForest Buckner does not have the production. He does not have the pedigree to go for that high. It's absolutely insane that he went for this many more picks than Frank Clark went for just a year before. Like, no matter how you slice up their performance up to this point, there is no, there is not 13 picks worth of difference or whatever ends up being between the two. And it's especially not slanted to DeForest Buckner's case. So the trade value is already thrown out the window for this just because the Colts wanted him so incredibly bad. And then like Kent said, it's the money. You're looking at paying the DeForest Buckner. I believe it came out to a four-year extension that was $21 million per year. I think it was $39 million guaranteed at signing. And if I was reading it correctly, through the first three years, it's up to $57 million guaranteed wow. as long as he makes it through three years. That's a big contract. Chris Jones is going to ask for more. He's been a better player than DeForest Buckner up to this point of their careers. I can see why a team like the Colts would like Buckner more, but Chris Jones absolutely should ask for more. He's going to ask for Aaron Donald or more level money. That really hurts not only the Chiefs' ability to keep him, but the chance to find the trade partner. And this is this is what makes the situation so interesting, you know, for me too. Is like at this point, the the franchise tag, Chris Jones actually playing on the franchise tag seems like a like a like a smart business move because you're I mean you're definitely like I mean the 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 franchise tag was always going to be a discount. It was always going to be a discount on Chris Jones from a per year average for his next deal. But now it's like $6 million in savings. The issue is Chris Jones has to play. And I know the new CBA makes it hard to hold out, but I think I'm still a little confused, but I think according to Charles Robinson was talking about, if you've only accrued four years, that doesn't apply yet. So I think Chris Jones can still hold out. And so th- I don't think he's going to want to play on the franchise tag. Why would he want to play for that much money when he sees somebody like Buckner and Donald and these guys that he thinks he's just as good, if not better, play for? Like, I don't see the pull for Chris Jones to want to play on the franchise tag. He's proven everything he needs to, whether to the Chiefs or the NFL. He's already held out once. Why would he not do it again? And I don't think either side wants the... I don't think I think I said this a couple weeks ago. I don't think either side wants the 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 franchise tag to be the decision. Like it feels like the Chiefs and and his uh, Chris Jones and his agent want a resolution, but it did not. It has not seemed at all like they are remotely close on numbers on figures. And now those that gap increased. It increased over the over the last couple days. 
significantly. Significantly. And even worse, and even worse, the trade value that has to go into it has to have been increased. Like if you're the Chiefs, you can always pull it back. And like Kent said, to make a move anytime recently, you would have to probably get close to that, or you're going to have the entire world mocking you. Which now I think we've seen Brett Veach probably Andy Reid certainly doesn't Brett Veach doesn't care about that, but it's just going to be hard to get deep in the negotiations and not feel or feel like you're getting good value if you don't get something close to that now. And I just don't know how many teams have the cap space and the draft capital to make that move. We've been discussing it. You're looking at a pool if you don't want to trade to an AFC contender of less than four teams that have the draft capital and the cap, the cap space to afford a Chris Jones trade of that magnitude? I mean, there's there's not very many teams. There's not very many teams right now that, that really have the draft capital necessary um, to make this kind of move. And I think one of the things about this whole situation that is a little bit interesting to me, too, is, you know, Chris Jones held out. I don't, I don't understand why he held out a, a little bit during the OTAs and all that stuff and then a little bit of training camp. I think he came to the mandatory re, you know, report date. I, I think that move was foolish. And I think that's really... I think that's actually inhibiting their ability to get something done a little bit too. Uh, because I, you know, I think you said it. There's not been very many Andy, guy, Andy, Andy Reid guys that have held out and got contracts in Kansas City. That's one thing. But now... Um, you know, any mystery about the franchise tag is gone because there has been this established tension between the Chiefs and Chris Jones about his contract. And because of that that holdout after his third season, now everyone in the, under the sun knows that Chris Jones probably won't play on the franchise tag in Kansas City or doesn't seem likely that he will. So now that leverage is out there. Now that leverage is gone for the entire negotiation process. And it hurts Chris Jones as much as it hurts, you know, the Chiefs too, because if there isn't a market, if they can't come to terms within Kansas City, now the market is a little bit more um, soft. And now it's going to be hard for Chris Jones to get his money when he wants to get his money. No, absolutely. And like you said, it, I mean, if you're another team looking into this, you have to take on the chance of a guy that you know you have to pay. And when you have to pay him, he's going to not play until you pay him. So like, that's certainly a thing. And then even more so, the Chiefs can't pay him this contract that's out there now. Like The Chiefs cannot pay him the DeForest Buckner contract without making moves first. They lose leverage. The other teams around the NFL have the leverage in this situation. There's already a limited pool of teams that could afford that kind of trade and to pay him for it. They know the Chiefs don't. There's no reason for a team to jump at the Chiefs to trade for Chris Jones. Now, fortunately, something may have happened later this Sunday evening that may have brought one of those teams to light as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look like they are going to sign Tom Brady as soon as he can. And that puts a team like the Buccaneers potentially into a win-now mode, which they have the draft capital, they have the cap space. Could Tampa Bay be a potential landing spot for Chris Jones, Kent? I don't hate that idea. Honestly, it makes a lot of sense. And look at you just taking over and, and transitioning like a champ. Uh, you're getting too good this year. You're not going to need me anymore. I actually, like, the funny thing is that the Bucks gave up pick, or the, the Colts gave up pick 13 to acquire DeForest Buckner. The, Buc- the Buccaneers have pick 14. So, like, 
at, even just from a logical standpoint, like if the Chiefs want to try to get that same kind of value, they potentially could with Tampa Bay, who is very obviously in a win-now mode, like very clearly. And you think about it, they just had Indomitian Sue. They just had him on a one-year contract. They moved on from Indomitian Sue. They need another guy that can come in there. Uh, and Chris Jones makes a lot of sense as that guy. So, you know, and they've got the cap space. They're trying to win now. I mean, tell me why that... And you know what? Bruce Arians has experience with C. Joneses. He had Chandler in Arizona. Bring him. Bring your own C. Jones into, into, into Tampa, potentially. And Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator, has had success with the good defensive tackles like Muhammad Wilkerson there with the Jets. So he's had success with guys like that that play like Chris Jones does in his system in the past. And I know some people have kind of talked about how they've spent a lot of money on their defensive line with bringing back Jason Pierre-Paul and giving the franchise tag to Shaquille Barrett. Here's the thing. Both those guys are one to two-year players at most. By the time that their contracts are up, so is Tom Brady's time in the NFL. All of that money comes off the books and you can now build your defense around Vita Vea and Chris Jones if that's the route you want to take. The timetable lines up perfectly with the amount of money they have and the goal to win now. You get that pass rush looking even better for Tampa Bay. You give Tom Brady with that offense, with those weapons, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, potentially Antonio Brown the lead and let that pass rush just take over. I mean, like that's a move to be a very good Super Bowl contender it makes a lot of sense on paper. You just have to make sure that Tampa Bay is a team that would want him. If I'm Brett Veach and I'm looking to trade Chris Jones, if that's my goal, I'm on the phone with Tampa Bay every single hour on the hour figuring out what is going on here. You want to hear something funny too, uh, Maddie? I, I, I'm, I'm doing this off the, off the cuff and I didn't do any research this, but I'm like 98% sure this is what happened. When the Chiefs traded out of the first round... Was that and then they traded back up gain a little bit, didn't they? No, was it that, was just back once into the was second back round. once into the second round. Was that the same year that the the Buccaneers drafted Roberto Aguayo? I believe it was. Yes. Was that the same? Like, so the same year that and that the, the Chris Jones year was the same year that they traded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm ninety nine percent sure that it was the same year that they traded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I won okay. up to you. See that? You're 98, so, I'm 99. Yeah. So, symmetry, whatever. I'm here just for these dumb, stupid little trivial things. I'm not even providing analysis right now. I do think it makes a lot of sense. That team's going to be aggressive. I think there's some rumors out there that the Bucks actually might try to acquire Todd Gurley. But, I mean, the, the Bucks are very, very obviously just trying to run it, run it, run it now and try to win a title. And it's this two-year window. And Chris Jones, in that system... Uh, you've seen the model. You've seen the model too. You've seen the model to get you to a Super Bowl. The the San Francisco 49ers just nuked everybody with this insane off defensive line. Do the same thing in Tampa. That might be a target for uh that might be a target for the Chiefs to trade with somebody who could give him the money. This is absolutely the Tampa Bay could very much pull the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning move right here. You pay for veterans on short-term deals to add pass rush to a team, an offense that is going to have the lead because you brought in an elite quarterback to good weapons. You bring in DeMarcus Ware. You already have a guy or two on the roster. You start drafting corners. Like They can build the same concept. Now, the trick for the Chiefs is 
if the Buccaneers are looking to add somebody else like a Todd Gurley or someone else, you got to get to them first. They don't have, after they pay Tom Brady, most likely around $30 million, they won't have infinite funds. They aren't the Dolphins. There, there is a limit. You got to be their next big move with Chris Jones if that's the goal. Yeah. And that's definitely something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. I don't. I just don't know. Like, there's like I think there's so much in the air. And you can thank Chris Ballard for really making some things difficult on the Chiefs because this is the weirdest environment to try to navigate this situation with Chris Jones right now. Um, okay, we're going to play the game real quick. Uh, this is Maddie's idea. Good job, Maddie. Good idea, Maddie. We wanted to play a quick game of who got better uh, with the first uh, couple days of free agency. Maddie, who got better? I think the Buffalo Bills got better, and like I. It seems weird in a day where so many lopsided trades happen. It almost seems like a relatively even trade would be considered a winner. But the Bills acquired Stephon Diggs. That gives Josh Allen a real number one wide receiver. Maybe the biggest winner is actually Stephon Diggs getting away from Kirk Cousins. But then I realize he's going to play for Josh Allen with Josh Allen. So I'm not real sure that's the win. But I think the Bills offense gets better here. They are now going to be have an offense to hopefully match their defense. Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. That's a lot of tough covers for opposing teams. Like that's a scary receiving corp if Josh Allen starts to figure it out. The Bills are looking like they might be a serious contender going forward, assuming Josh Allen continues to put it together. Uh, do you know who I really like right now? I really like the things that they've done is the Miami Dolphins. Because they've still got three first round picks sitting there, but they went out and spent some money on guys like Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy. I think he got a little bit too much, Uh, but Shaq Lawson, our guy, Emmanuel Ogba, compensatory pick counting fifth round pick compensatory pick. Emmanuel Ogba gets two years, $15 million. Congratulations to him. Um, I think they've made some really sound, you know, moves. I don't think anything's too crazy for them. I understand all the moves they made. I like Shaq Lawson getting him. I like bolstering, you know, with Ogba. I really like Byron, the idea of Byron Jones and, and Xavier Howard in the back end. And they've got all this draft capital work with two. That thing could turn around real quick, especially if they go and grab like Tua. Whew, that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. All right, one. Let's play one more round. Maddie, who got better? I wanted to real quick touch on this. I agree the Dolphins got better. And I know from a cap space and capital draft capital standpoint, they're still the most obvious trade for Chris Jones. I think Brian Flores is making it pretty obvious that he's building the New England style defense secondary first. I don't think you're going to see a massive contract to any defensive lineman. That just wasn't his plan when he was with New England. I just don't. I mean, I would love to trade with the Dolphins. I just don't see this super possible. But another team that got better, I'm going to stick it in, this, in the division, AFC West. I think the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, got a little bit better. They added some offensive linemen. They're improving their protection for whoever the quarterback's going to be. They might be one of the front runners to land Cam Newton. If not, I think they get a rookie like a Justin Herbert or potentially a Tua. I don't think these – it's a little bit more of a projection. I just think they're setting up whichever quarterback they replace Phillip Rivers with for a lot more success. And I mean, quite frankly, I don't think it's hard to improve on what Phillip Rivers was with the team last year. That offensive line was terrible and that did not suit his play style. I think if they kept him, they would be better right now. But bringing in a new person as well as improving their offensive line, I think they're doing the right things to actually be a contender. The problem is they play against Patrick LaVon Mahomes twice a year. So it's kind of all for naught at this point in time. I, uh, I think the last uh, who got better here, uh, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to the subtleties of the Baltimore Ravens to this point. 
acquire getting out ahead of the market, acquiring Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. That's not the move for everybody, but a team with enough cap space, um, you know, a team with quality infrastructure, signing Michael Brockers. I think that's a really solid move from them as well. Um, and honestly, trading Hayden Hurst, a near 30-year-old 2018 first-round pick for a second-round pick, I think is pretty impressive. He winds up winds up going to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the funny thing, you know, Baltimore Ravens get a lot of credit for, tra- for trading for Lamar Jackson, but they took Hayden Hurst before Lamar Jackson. Uh, and Hayden Hurst... Ain't it? And he's Maddie's age. So uh, the brand of not wanting to draft olds is alive and well, and it is thriving. Uh, I'm not even going to let Maddie jump in on that one. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We'll be back with the AP Draft Show on Friday. Maybe there'll be some more moves for us to talk about. Catch you later. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.